Welcome to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapini Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. What a divisional round we had in this year's NFL playoffs. I mean, you look at every game, and each one was a thriller. I mean, we know the one that has had the most talk and the most hype, uh, the Chiefs-Bills, a thriller that finished in overtime. You know, I'll be honest, I thought that game was over once the Bills scored with 13 seconds left. I thought that was enough to punch their ticket to the AFC Championship game. But Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes had other ideas. The Los Angeles Rams were able to advance to the conference championship because of their kicker, Matt Gay, a former Tampa Bay Buccaneer himself, beating his former team in Raymond James Stadium. I know that felt good for Gay to stick it to his former team. You look at the 49ers and Packers, Robbie Gold. I mean, this dude has been a solid veteran kicker for several years. And to make a kick, not only a kick that is going to upset the number one seed in all of football, but to make a kick in the frozen tundra at Lambeau Field where it's snowing, the temperature is in single digits, and all eyes are on you as you prepare to try to send your team to the next round. And that's exactly what Robbie Gold did. But it all started the playoff weekend with Evan McPherson, a rookie kicker from Florida of the Cincinnati Bengals, who actually told Joe Burrow on the sideline before he went out for his 52-yard kick, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Like, there's no doubt in his mind that he was going to make this kick and down the Tennessee Titans in Nashville. And I know someone who's a diehard Cincinnati Bengals fan, and he was actually in attendance for that divisional round game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. You're about to hear from Ethan Pemberton, an 11-year-old sixth grader from Highlands Elementary here in Dothan, Alabama. Here's what Ethan had to say about his Cincinnati Bengals' historic win over the Tennessee Titans and the amazing season that they've had thus far. Ethan, man, welcome to the sweet spot, dude. How you doing? Great. Thanks for uh, letting me on. Yeah, man, I haven't seen you in forever, man. Uh, how's basketball going? Uh, good. Y'all got a pretty good team this year? Uh, yeah. You got a good team. So uh, not only is your basketball team doing well, but... Your Cincinnati Bengals are doing well also, man. But first of all, tell me, how did you become a Bengals fan? Well, as a, as I was growing up, my favorite color was orange, and my favorite animal was a tiger. And I think my dad told me this. My dad was watching a Broncos game. Apparently, they were playing the Bengals, and I realized they were a tiger team. And I just decided, you know what, okay, this is my team. I'm sticking with it. So the Bengals are your team. Uh, you know that's a little thorn in my side as I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and you guys are uh, definitely on the on the climb and the Bengals are going to be the team to beat for years to come I believe but you being a Bengals fan obviously you you have to have a favorite player who's your favorite member of the Cincinnati Bengals so it used to be AJ Green but ever since he left I've um, gotten with Joe Burrow yeah I I love Burrow man I'll tell you once the Bengals got that number one pick that year it was, you know, obviously apparent that the Bengals were going to take Joe Burrow. And I was just, just dreading my – I was just so upset. Cause, okay, we're Pittsburgh with a quarterback that's on his way out. And yeah. the Bengals have Joe Burrow. The Ravens have Lamar Jackson. 
And the Browns have Baker Mayfield, who's he's solid himself when he is healthy and not banged up. So uh, I knew that was going to be a disaster, not just for my Pittsburgh Steelers, but also for the entire AFC North as well. And you look at the AFC North. I mean, it's probably the toughest division along with the NFC West that has the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Rams and 49ers that are playing this weekend as well. Yeah, so... You know, most predictions had Cincinnati finishing last in the AFC North. But, Ethan, man, tell me, why are the Bengals this good so quickly? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the chemistry of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Mm. Obviously, during the preseason, there were a bunch of reports about, oh, Jamar Chase is a bust. He's dropping everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that just, like, he got fed up with that, and he started just trying to hard, and he started catching stuff. Last time we played the Chiefs, he obviously had a game. <laughs> but I think it, this also comes down to support players like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Yeah. They're big pieces, and Jamar Chase isn't always going to be on his game. T. Higgins, who's very physical, can definitely try and get around um, the Chiefs' defense, while Tyler Boyd, who's not as quick as Jamar, is very quick. And then we got the second Pro Bowl on offense, Joe Mixon, yeah. who, I mean, like, He's had a very good year, a um, very good season. And I think, well, if we want to try and be a Super Bowl team next year, like keep it up, we got to go in and get some more offensive line for Burrow and Mixon. And, you know, that was the biggest debate in the NFL draft. What will the Bengals do? Will they take Jamar Chase and pair him with Joe Burrow, or will they go and get a Panay Sewell and protect Burrow on that offensive line? So, you already know next year, as you mentioned, the Bengals are going to heavily address uh, that offensive line. I'm, I mean, this is a Burrow who got sacked nine times against Tennessee, as you yeah. as you know. So uh, you got to be able to protect your QB, your franchise quarterback, you and do. keep him upright. You know, because he already suffered an injury last year in his rookie season. So, so you got to make sure you protect your investment. And Joe Burrow is man, he's he's one of the the best QBs already. Uh, and like I said, this is only his second year, so it's going to be a long decade and a half for not the AFC North, but their entire NFL as well. Now, tell me, man, at what point did you realize, I mean, this team, this Cincinnati Bengals team, that they were legit? I mean, was there a certain win or a certain victory over a team where you thought to yourself, Man, this these Bengals, my Bengals are a serious contender. Was there a moment where it kind of hit you that your team was for real this year? So the first three weeks of the regular season, I was like, okay, we just got lucky. Or first four weeks. So, okay, we just got lucky. But then week five, this was the Bengals um, Packers. And I remember this because the Bengals gave them a run for their money. Like they actually yeah. went in and actually – Got the game closed. We're up to overtime. Obviously, that game, I'm going to know that game for a while, as the game where the kickers couldn't make a field goal. <laughs> yeah. So, I think when I saw how we are contending against them, who obviously the Packers were number one last year, they have the reigning MVP. Um, when I saw that, it's like, okay, I think we're getting serious. And then, obviously, we beat the Ravens twice, and mm-hmm. one. The first time, we destroyed him, and they had Lamar. 
And the second time we played them when they had their third string, and they gave us more of a run of our money the second time than they had the first time. Yeah. Then, then we beat your Steelers twice. Twice, and that second time was an embarrassment, man. I was, it was, it was. I didn't even watch the second half. That's how bad it was, man. You guys just <laughs> just completely dominated my Steelers when we played y'all in Cincinnati. Yeah. Man, I think- go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I was at my cousin's house back home. I think it was, I guess, around, I don't know if that was Thanksgiving or Christmas when we played the Bengals uh, in Cincinnati. Whichever one it was, I was home, and I was at my cousin's house watching the game. And, like, we both watched the Steelers. We liked the Steelers. And I'm telling you, after after halftime, maybe two minutes after halftime, we completely changed it into another game and had no interest in watching Pittsburgh Cincinnati because <laughs> you, you guys owned that day and you owned our team that entire this entire season for sure. Yeah. So I think my fondest memory of watching Bengals Steelers was not this season, but the last one. Last game, I remember watching pregame, Juju Smith-Schuster doing his normal pregame ritual, just dancing on our logo. And then I remember second half, we're just behind. And I see Juju Smith-Schuster gets the ball, and I see someone by the name of Von Bell creeping up (laughs) on him. And, well, uh, let's just say Juju got smacked. (laughs) He did, man, and he deserved it. He deserved every bit of it because that guy, uh, I know they got on Mike Tomlin's nerves and they got on my nerves as well. Like, you're asking for trouble when you go to every road team and you dance on their logo in the midfield before the game. You're asking for trouble, and he deserved to get that hit. And that's what concerns me about guys like Juju and Chase Claypool. Like, obviously, they're good players, but sometimes they're too much of a showman and put on. They're, you know, put on too much entertaining for, for fans and TikTok. And that's what worries, worries me about Juju. So I wouldn't be completely hurt if Juju doesn't resign as Pittsburgh uh, next year, man. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Steelers have a trend of that. They had the same thing with Antonio Brown. Great receiver, top mm-hmm. tier. But you got to stop doing bad stuff. I mean, if yeah. you want to have a successful career in the NFL without getting, like, like, you know, suspended for a while. You got to not do that stuff. And obviously, the Bengals, ever since 2015, have not been great against the Steelers until that last game in the 2020 season where we beat you guys. Ever since then, we've been winning. And I remember looking at mock drafts today. After I saw Ben um, saying he was retiring, I remember looking at, at mock drafts. And it said you guys were going to get more defense. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need more defense. No. What do you think we need? You need a quarterback. Man, not many people believe in my guy. I love Mason Rudolph, man. So I, I'm telling you, I'm hoping that Mason is the guy next year and that he can prove some of the doubt is wrong. But, uh, yeah, I, w- I would be shocked if we took a quarterback in the first round. Not saying we won't draft one, but I will be shocked if we took one in the first round for sure. If you don't get a quarterback, um, eventually Juju or something is going to get suspended, kind of like Antonio did. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just want to go ahead and get one of those Ohio State receivers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be bad, man. I'll tell you, we had the worst run defense this year. So uh, maybe we'll draft a D-tackle. Uh, I wouldn't yeah. mind another safety. I know our defense, like you said, our defense isn't isn't one of our weaknesses, but 
we did struggle with stopping the run this year, so I wouldn't be shocked if we found a way to help plug up that middle going into next season. So I'm joined by Ethan Pemberton, an 11-year-old sixth grader from Highlands Elementary here in Dothan, Alabama. Ethan, man, I know every Sunday, usually you, your sister Sophie, your mom Sherilyn, your dad David, you all go to Buffalo Wild Wings to catch the yeah. Bengals whenever they're not yeah. on television in our area. Uh, first of all, what's your order when you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, man? So me and my mom usually split a 15 medium wing, boneless. Yeah. I yeah. don't like the bones. Um, me, me or too. with like a, a regular hand. fry. Uh-huh. Regular fry. Dude, I, that's that's exactly what I would get myself. Like I'm, I go boneless and I do medium. That's exact sauce. Cause I don't, I don't do anything too hot. So uh, I think we talked about that before. I think we, I think I knew we both like the medium sauce on the boneless wings. But you know, every Sunday y'all would go watch the Bengals at Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, this past weekend, even better than watching the game on television, you and your dad actually made the trip to Nashville to watch the Bengals and Titans. I mean, how did you find out that you and David were going to be making that trip to watch Cincinnati and Tennessee? Uh, it was actually a morning before school. It was really? like a Tuesday or Monday, and I'm like, uh, and I just eat my breakfast, chilling on the couch, tired. And he says, oh, Ethan, we're going to the Bengals-Titans playoff game. And it takes me, like, just a few seconds to process because yeah. I'm really tired. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> on the inside, that's what I was made, but on the outside, I was like, "Cool, awesome." Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. It's hard. Was that your first time watching the Bengals play in in live person? Yes, it was. Yeah. Man, and you know, your mom posted on Instagram of you playing catch with a popular running back uh, for the Bengals, Joe Mixon. Man, how did that happen? How did that come about? Uh, well, we saw him. He was just thrown with kids on the other, like, the corner of the stadium. And, like, I just waited by the edge, just just waited. And then he came over finally. And me, Well, that was that, there was two times he threw. The one she posted was the second time. First time, we just threw, like, a few times. Then he went next. But the second time when he came over, we started throwing. He says, or and I said, hey, how about you get 100 yards this game? And he said, okay, what about touchdowns? I said, <laughs> I said two, and he got one yard. He got one touchdown. Yeah. And uh, and those 100 yards were completed. He just missed the one other touchdown. Man, Joe Mixon's a baller. I know that was a special moment to to, to play catch with one of the better running backs in the league, man. So when I saw your mom yeah. post that video, man, I was I was thrilled for you, man. I was sending that video to some of my friends and family because I I was excited for you. I know that was a special moment for you, dude. It was. Not everyone gets to play catch with a pro bowler, except you're either their quarterback or trainer. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. And, you know, in that game, it's four seconds left, tied at 16, an AFC trip, AFC conference championship trip on the line, I should say. Man, describe your emotions when Evan McPherson was lining up for the eventual 52-yard field goal over the Titans. I mean, what was your what was going through your mind as he was lining up for that kick? So I was pretty much like any other fan. Please make it. Don't make this a repeat of the Packers game. Yeah. But in the back of my head, now I didn't know he said this, but apparently he said on the sidelines to Joe Burrow, looks like we're going to the AFC Championship. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely believed him. He's made kicks to win all year. Mm -hmm. The first game, he kicked it in. 
the third game he kicked it in. And then, like, even the fourth game he kicked it in. Yeah. Like, he was just kicking all the field goals first to win, and we were relying on him. And then eventually it came to week six where we played the Steelers, and we know what happened. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't really need him then. <laughs> then, yeah, McPherson is a special kicker. When you have somebody who's as confident as he is, as you mentioned, he told Burrow, I guess we're going to the AFC championship game before he lined up for the kick. And he's a rookie. Like, this is a rookie that's saying yeah. that. So uh, that's very impressive when you have somebody in – your back pocket that is as calm and as cool as the next guy. Um, and you look at it, you know, McPherson made a game-winning kick. Matt Gay made a game-winning kick for the Rams. Uh, Robbie Gold made a game-winning kick for the 49ers. So uh, we have a, a group of kickers who are proven and clutch when it matters most, and McPherson is definitely one of them as well. Now, Ethan, before I let you go, man, um, for the Bengals, in order for them to advance to their first Super Bowl since 1988, 33 years ago, what will it take for them to beat Kansas City once again? Who was going to be that one player that stands out that has to make things happen, either offense or defense? Who do you? Uh, what do you see happening in this game? So last time it was Jamar Chase. He had made a big impact. But this time I'm flipping the sides. I'm going to defense. We know Patrick Mahomes, he's a very good quarterback. He will gun it downfield whenever he pleases. So I'm targeting safeties. Jesse Bates is the one who needs to step up and try and guard Tyreek Hill because that's what Tyreek Hill does. He goes on streak routes. He goes on post routes. So And you can't play man-to-man on Tyreek. He's yeah. just too quick. So we're going to have to line up Jesse Bates in a deep zone because as soon as Tyreek hits that cut, there's going to be no one except the him. For him and the safety. And he Patrick Mahomes knows he can burn anyone on the field. Mm-hmm. So he's just going to chunk it up to him. Give him a lead. So Jesse Bates just has to be ready for that. And then you also have the other safety, Von Bell. Yeah. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want him to do the same thing he did to Juju. <laughs> I just want... I just want Tyreek to just have caught the ball. Like, he just caught the ball, turns around, and sees Von Bell right in his face, ready to smack him. <laughs> Man, I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping you're right. I'll be cheering for the Bengals come Sunday afternoon myself, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked at all if they beat the Chiefs once again and move on to the Super Bowl. You've been listening to my guy Ethan Pemberton, an 11-year-old sixth grader from Highlands Elementary here in Dalton, Alabama. Ethan, man, thank you for swinging by the sweet spot. Thanks for having me. Hey, before you go, uh, can you give me a go Steelers? Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Ethan, always enjoy talking to you, man. Good luck to your Bengals, and hopefully they'll be in the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for the sweet spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, or phone 334-671-POOL. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, 
Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Care Animal Center is a local business partner at The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, joined by Sweet Spot NFL correspondent Chris Liuzzi for the second segment, man. Welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm Again, glad to be back. Had a wonderful, wonderful weekend of football last week. Excited for hopefully another good one this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for it, man. Glad to be here. Man, you know, it's funny because in recent years, a lot of people have soured on the NFL for whatever reason. But, man, everywhere I've gone this week, the one thing that I hear from men and women alike is they're talking about this past weekend, how exciting it was, how every game was a nail-biter and came down to the deciding moments to decide that game. Dude, what stood out to you from those four matchups? I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a better weekend of playoff football. I mean, you, you said it. That They couldn't have scripted it any better. I mean, the NFL has to be stowed. Every single game was just, yeah, a nail-biter. And coming out of it, if – the fact that both one seeds lost on top of that, so it's just upsets on top of it being close games, right? I mean, it's yeah, you, you couldn't have scripted it any better. All incredible games, and it obviously it started off just Saturday with the, the Titans Bengals. You know, look mm-hmm. at the Bengals, man, they're moving mm-hmm. on. You know, Titans they get Derrick Henry back, they sack Joe Burrow nine times, still lose, doesn't matter. Joey B and that offense and that team keep it rolling, and yeah, how about it, man? Dude, I'll tell you, those four games. Uh, the one thing that stood out to me is, you know, you look at the kickers, man. The kickers came through in the clutch, man. I mean, these are the guys who get too much hate, I believe. You know, it, <laughs> it, like kickers don't get a lot of second chances. You know, it's, if they miss a, or a huge kick or two, they'll cut you tomorrow, man. I mean, Daniel Carlson was like 40 or 43 this year with the Raiders or something crazy like that. Man, this dude had a horrible first game drafted by the Vikings against the Packers, and they cut him that next week. But here it is in the playoffs. You know, I was talking to uh, this lady named Darlene, her son Wesley, and she was like, you got to mention kickers. you got to give kickers the praise. <laughs> so, uh, man, you look at it. Bengals, Titans, Evan McPherson, a 52-yard field goal to win it, a yep. rookie. Then you go into the Niners, Packers, Robbie Gold, Robbie Solid Goals, Chris Berman calls them. And special then, teams in general. Special teams in general right? won yeah. that game. You were right about that, man. And then Rams, Buccaneers, Matt Gay beats his former team in Raymond mm-hmm. James Stadium, man. So you got to give kickers love, dude. The kickers no, definitely right. showed right. out, man. I loved that they, uh, man, just kickers, like I said, they don't get a lot of praise. They get a lot more it's hate. Team than game, man. It's a team game. Matters. Hey, kickers, kickers are players too, man. That's it. <laughs> kickers <laughs> deserve love too. <laughs> they do. No, you're right, man. You're right. And especially when they're all close games like they were last week. I mean, that's it's what they get paid for, man. And it, yeah, you're right. It's it a good weekend for kickers. They definitely, they matter too. We got to give them some love. You're right. <laughs> 
Man, so going back to, you know, talking about Evan McPherson, I mean, the Bengals in the playoffs, he is a rookie, and he supposedly told Joe Burrow on the sidelines, like, well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Yep. Like, this is a rookie. I don't care if you're a 15-year vet. You've been in the league, and you say something like that. Like, this is, man. dude, this is a rookie, <laughs> and he, he absolutely nailed the kick, man. Yep. How special uh, was that kick, man? But that Bengals-Titans game in general, man, what did you take away from that so-called upset? You know, like just because the Titans were number one, they mm-hmm. kind of were considered an upset. But what did you take away from that game? For me, it just – it we talked about it a little bit off air, but it just seems like the Bengals are almost like a team of destiny a little bit, right? Like Burroughs just – I don't know. They just, they just seem to have something about them, right? Like – even the hype coming into this weekend, you know, with this weekend's matchup, the Chiefs, you know, obviously they're special, but it's like, who, who's all the hype kind of around? It's the Bengals, right? And mm-hmm. and Burrow and the, that swagger and, yeah, McPherson going out, well, because we're going to the championship. Like, that <laughs> team's just, they're playing with a confidence right now, man. And they're playing with house money, too. No one thought they were going to be in the AOC championship game. Nobody. Yeah. No. Not so, at I mean, all. it's, I mean, they're, they're going to go out there, and they're, and they're not playing, like, Oh, we're lucky to be here. No, they're coming in. They expect to win, and they have been. And yeah, I mean, I don't. The team's just got something special about it. And to go into Tennessee, like I said, Burrow gets sacked nine times, which is you know it takes a beating. And it they still it was ugly. It was sloppy, but they got the win. They got the dub, and that's all that matters. Man, what about the Chiefs? In the Bills, that game has been getting more talked than anything. Just the way it ended. I mean, I would hate to be on the emotional roller coaster uh on oh that gosh. in that game. I would hate to be a Bills fan. I'll hate to be a Chiefs fan in that game. And what did you take away from that Sunday night thriller? That as an AFC fan that it's gonna be a very long decade. <laughs> that's, that's what I took from it. You know, you're a Steelers fan, I'm a Colts fan. Good lord. When Allen and Mahomes going back and forth like they did, I look, no no defense was stopping the other guy. That was really coming down to whoever had the ball last because there was just there was no shot the way those guys were playing. I mean, good Lord, man. That was just a special game between two really special quarterbacks. And, I, yeah, I'm like you. I'm As a neutral fan, that game was exhausting to watch. I cannot mm-hmm. fathom being a Bills or a Chiefs fan watching that game. Dude. And, you know, I'm a Steelers fan, and I haven't, you know, Hitting my thoughts about the Bills or the Chiefs, man. Uh, it it was. I honestly thought the game was over with 13 seconds left. I thought it was a wrap. Um, I don't know how the Bills allowed the Chiefs to score or to get 44 yards in two plays. It was 19 yeah. to Tyreek, 25 to Travis Kelsey, and still had time to kick a field goal. Like I just, I just felt like they got a little soft, and you know they say anytime you play prevent defense, you prevent yourself from. From getting that win, so they were just uh, exhausted. Man, imagine being exhausted, and then you're told to go cover Tyree Kill. You know, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's just that's that's tough, man. Yeah, yeah. So Tyree Kill and the Chiefs at home this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, sir. Winner goes to the Super Bowl. I mean, Chiefs being there, no surprise. Cincinnati, as you mentioned, nobody. Look, I I looked at five or six different articles just the other day. And nobody even had Cincinnati finishing beyond last in AFC North. I mean, forget no, a, forget conference championship. <laughs> like I saw a prediction of five wins and three people had six. Uh, and somebody else actually had them nine. But nobody had them finishing even above the last place. And here they are, man. Um, and this is a game where the Bengals have already beaten the Chiefs. They've already proven that yep. they can beat them. Now, that was at home. 
But the way they beat them, it was no fluke, man. It was no fluke. So what are your early thoughts with the Bengals? Just Cincinnati first. What are your early thoughts with Cincinnati as they have a rematch against Kansas City? Well, I think that, like like you said, they have beaten them before, and I think they're a team that they're they're built in a way that they can beat them, and that's they're probably one of the very few teams that are able to beat the Chiefs in a shootout type of game. You know, like they have the offensive firepower, mm-hmm. especially with Burrow playing the way he has. They have the skill players offense. Obviously, him and Chase, that connection is special. But you know, T. Higgins, you got Joe Mixon, who they have, they've kind of rolled away from a little bit, but he's still a special guy too. Tyler Boyd, special guy. Like they have skill players everywhere, and I'm not saying they're always going to match the Chiefs, but they certainly have the last half of the season. You know, that offense yeah. has been in a groove, man, and they could do it again. And I'll put it to you this way. Do they have to? Do you think there is any other way that Cincy could win this game besides a shootout? Like, is there any chance they can maybe even slow Mahomes down? Or is it shootout or nothing for the Bengals to win this? No, it's, it's shootout or nothing, man. Uh, and you'll hear this in my final score prediction. This is going to be a high-scoring game from both teams. And they're going to have to score. You know the Chiefs are going to score. That's the thing about Kansas City. When mm-hmm. you play them, you know they're going to score. Now, what you can't do is go into this game thinking we got to get touchdowns. Just get points. Just get points. And the fourth quarter will tell you what you need. Uh, but I hate how, like I saw Vic Fangio do it with Denver. Uh, I think uh, Chargers coach Brandon Staley did the same thing in Kansas City. Like they go into these games thinking we got to get touchdowns to beat them. You don't know what you're going to – you don't know how the flow of the game mm-hmm. is going to go. Uh, like I said, Kansas City is high, you know, high potent offense. But hey, just get points because you you rather get three and get three and in fourth quarter you're you're down three or whatever, you know, as opposed to you went for it on both yeah. times and now you're down nine. So you need two scores, you know. So I think they just needed to get points, man. And and even Zach Taylor, you know, he kept he's he's super aggressive when it comes down to those situations too. So uh, Cincinnati's going to have to score. You looking at Chase and Burrow, you could make an argument that 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 they're the best duo will remain. You could. I mean, I know you got Cup and Stafford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got yeah. Hill and Mahomes. But Chase and Burrow have not only done it at the college level, but here in their first year t- together, they're one step away from the Super Bowl. So uh, Burrow, Chase, super special. When I look at Cincinnati, I'm looking at, you know, their offensive line play. I mean, nine sacks last year, last week against Tennessee. You know, Kansas City sacked them four times in their yeah. previous meeting. But Kansas City, actually, they're not known for sacks. They had the fourth fewest sacks with 31 yeah. this season. So it's not actually a big concern. And Burrow was so great in his progression and reading defense pre-snap, he won't put himself in that position to get sacked a lot in this game, I believe. No, and you're probably right. And you, and as you bring up a good point. The Chiefs, it's, it's weird. They're top 10 in pressure rate. They, they get past the guys. They just don't ever get the sack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really low in sack numbers. And... Yeah, it's got to be some sort of godsend for Burrow, right? I mean, that man has taken a beating. But, like, can he sustain that? I know he's done it so far this season, and there's only two games left. But, like, and he's young. But, good Lord, man, that man, he's taken a beating. And that's that's kind of what I'm worried about with this one, too, <laughs> whether he can, you know, to keep it up for, for two more games and keep taking those hits until they can, you know, get him a line that can protect him. But if anybody can do it, it's Joe Burrow. And, to kind of go into who we think and might can pull this off, but the the spread for anyone interested in spreads, the, the Chiefs are favored by seven and a half points, which is a lot for a championship game, right? Yeah. Are do you think that's even fair? That are we just not respecting the Bengals enough? You think, or are the Chiefs just that scary? I think it's fair. Uh, we haven't had you know Cincinnati in this position. Obviously, we know how great Kansas City can 
light up things in a hurry. And I, I saw that twice as being a Steelers fan this year. But mm-hmm. uh, I think it's fair when you look at the spread because we know what Kansas City can do in a hurry. Now, before we give our predictions, I mean, let's talk about the Chiefs for a couple of minutes here. Kansas City, man, what concerns you with them? We know their offense is great, but what part of their team worries you against this Bengals matchup? Uh, that's the thing. I'm not sure that a whole lot of it does. I think that the way that the Bengals can attack them, which is, you know, I guess if I were to pick a worry, the, the Bengals, I think, could run the ball in the Chiefs. I don't think they will. I think the Bengals are wanting to air it out and put the ball in Burrow's hands. And if you're Kansas City's, you know, if you're Spagnola, you're probably a lot happier with them <laughs> giving the ball to Mixon than letting Burrow do his thing as hot as they've been, you know. But I do think that's a weakness, and I wouldn't be shocked if that ends up, you know, coming to fruition, especially if the Bengals are able to get ahead early. I mean, I know they've kind of, like I said earlier, they've kind of moved away from that run given Mixon a little bit, but he's a, he's a, he's a good running back, man. He's mm-hmm. a special running back. And if they get ahead, like, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them, you know, kind of give it to the Chiefs on the ground, you know? Like, it can happen. And, and I think the Chiefs obviously are built to play catch-up if they need to. I mean, they got the, when we saw it last week, 13 seconds isn't even enough to, you know, keep them away. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I guess if there's any sort of, worry or weakness I could pinpoint for them. It, it could be that. I could see them being susceptible to the run game, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm like you said earlier, I think this is going to be a shootout type of game, and it's going to be hopefully another fun quarterback duel. So, man, as we close this segment, man, give me your prediction for the game. Who do you have winning this matchup between the Chiefs and Bengals moving on to this year's Super Bowl? Oh, gosh. So, to preface this, uh, I am pulling hard, hard, hard for the Bengals just because I am all in on the Joe Burrow train. But I, I'm I'm going with Kansas City here, and my main reasoning is, is being that that Bengals offensive line is just – I know they've still been able to win without it, you know, without good blocking and him taking a lot of hits. But that just concerns me, man. It, it does. And the Chiefs are able – yeah, like you said, their sack numbers are low, but they're still able to get after you. And I, I – Especially in a game that between two offenses like this, all it could take is like one one guy getting this getting in Burrow's face, force a bad throw or something. That could be enough to you know sway the game. Every every possession is going to be really big in this one, and that's that's kind of where it's coming down to for me. That that Bengals line just scares me a little bit, and maybe it's not quite their year. They got to fix that up. What what do you think? So you got Kansas City moving on to the yes, Super sir. Bowl again as i know i'm yeah. tired of seeing them there i'm i'm tired of seeing them there for sure i'm with you i'm pulling for cincinnati to win this game i want the Bengals to win i really do um and i tell you what concerns me with the cheese is their defense man their offense is great their defense has come along and has had you know moments and spurts and i'll just take you through their last six games well, really last four, because I won't count two of them games, because two of those games against the Steelers. I mean, I could have scored, you know, <laughs> I mean, more than the Chiefs, by, uh, more than the Steelers against the Chiefs by myself. So I won't even count two of those games, because it was against Pittsburgh's anemic offense. But the last four games out of those six, they their defense is allowing 30 and a half points, man. Dude, that's insane, man. Like, yeah. their defense concerns me. We saw Jamar Chase light them up for 266 yards, three touchdowns in the first matchup. And – when I did some homework on the Chiefs' defense against elite QBs, Lamar Jackson, 346 total yeah, yards. it's not great. <laughs> three total touchdowns. Justin Herbert in two games, 517 yards, six touchdowns. Josh Allen in two games, 644 yards and seven touchdowns. And we can't forget about what Joe Burrow did just a few weeks yeah. ago, 446 yards and four touchdowns. These are elite QBs. And whenever the Chiefs play elite QBs, they struggle mightily. 
And so that's where I'm concerned about Kansas City being able to go to Super Bowl again. But this Chiefs team, they haven't lost at home in over three months, going back to that week five loss against the Buffalo Bills. So being in being in that stadium, man, that's going to be a tough challenge for mm-hmm. the Bengals rocking. to overcome. And the, when the Bengals did beat them, it was at home. So they didn't have to worry about playing on the road against Kansas City as they do this weekend. So with that being said, I'm still going Kansas City, man. Kansas City's going to win this game 34-24. Yeah. Uh, they will cover the spread. And I would love for I would love to be wrong on that. Yeah. I want Cincinnati to win. I want I want Cincinnati to win. And I know you do too. And I know my guy Ethan Pemberton, who you heard earlier in the show, is hoping for that as well. So uh we shall indeed see who is representing the AFC coming in a few days. Stay tuned as you are listening to the sweet spot with Corey Bradley. We'll be talking 49ers and Rams in the next segment. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Finch Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley, with my guy, Chris Liutzi. Chris, man, Niners, Rams, this weekend, winner goes to the Super Bowl. But before we talk about going to the Super Bowl, let's revisit the Niners and Packers. That Saturday night, the frozen tundra, Lambeau Field. Man, what a game, dude. What a game. I I was thrilled. I didn't pick Green Bay, but I was so glad that I was wrong and the Niners did win. I was thrilled for that. Man, what were your thoughts on that game with – Aaron Rodgers now 0-4 against San Francisco in the playoffs. My thoughts were I had to admit that I was wrong. You know, I had that game last on my, you know, list of most interesting matchups, and it was because I thought the Packers were honestly going to kind of put it to them. And I was I couldn't have been more wrong. And that's – I would not have been on a 13-10 game, put it that way. Yeah. Was, the special teams coming in clutch for the 49ers, you know, obviously it was kind of just a stale game until that blocked punt, and then it just – that was kind of the turning point, and Green Bay just was not able to get anything going. That 49ers defense is playing at a very, very, very high level. And to shut down Green Bay as, as well as Green Bay had been playing, I mean, that was a special performance. What do you think? Yeah, man, dude, uh, like you said, you hit it. That Niners defense. I mean, when they do the starting lineups at the beginning of the game, and I looked at that Niners defense, defensive line, linebacker, and secondary, and the one thing I thought – it's like, man, these these are these starters. Like these, this starting group has not been together pretty much all year. Like there's been banged up injuries from each 
you know, level on that defense. But when I saw that group flash across the screen, I was like, man, San Francisco's finally healthy on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, I'm not shocked at all that they mm-hmm. control the game that the way that they did. Uh, like you said, the special teams is really what won it. Robbie Gold, as we talked about, sealing it with that game-winning kick. But, uh, yeah, man, the Niners, I loved seeing that game. Aaron Rodgers could be it for him in Green Bay. Who knows? We shall indeed yep. see. But Niners beat the Packers yet again, and now they'll be facing the Rams. So talking about the Rams, Los Angeles beat Tampa Bay on the road. Yep. What do you see in that matchup? I think that was a. Uh, I think that was Stafford telling the world we need to stop doubting them. Right? <laughs> and that, that was a. Uh, we had talked about it last week. You know, before the before the games that that was going to be a Stafford game. That was his chance to kind of put it on his shoulders because yeah. I didn't think they were going to be able to run the ball against that Bucks D line. So, you know, we kind of agreed it was probably going to come down to Stafford and he, he showed out, man, what 366 yards, two touchdowns, mm-hmm. no interceptions. <laughs> him and, I mean, Cooper cup and almost 200 receiving yards. Golly. I mean, they, they were able to, to get it done at a, at a high level against, you know, they were playing in Tampa too. So mm-hmm. they went on the road in the playoffs, you know, Stafford, Everyone was worried because of the lack of experience in the playoffs. All of that didn't matter. They 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 came, they arrived, they balled out. I mean, they that that's the team that I was talking about last week that when they're rolling and Stafford's hot, they look almost unbeatable. And that's the way they looked last week. I mean, they were I know they kinda let it slip a little they bit. Did, there, like, they did. You know, if they they would have lost they, that game <laughs> up twenty to three. Yeah. It scared me. everybody a little bit, but it, they held on and the Rams move on. But that was that was a Stafford game for me. That was a big showing. What what do you think? Yeah, that was huge, man. Stafford stepped up in a big moment, and you could tell the excitement once Cooper Cup broke that long touch, uh, that long catch to put them in field goal position for mm-hmm. Matt Gay to seal it. You could see the 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 excitement and the du- jubilation for Matt Stafford. He knew he knows he knows all the talk. Everybody has been talking, you know, saying about him. The day he got in L.A., man, there's no more excuses. There's no more. It's Detroit this, Detroit that. You got. Like I said, probably the most talented group of guys around you. Uh, so he stepped up in a big moment, but four fumbles just about gave gave it away. But um, but yeah, Stafford, Stafford, he he has passed the first test. This is another huge step going yep. against this San Francisco team that the Rams are zero and two against this year. NFC West rivals, another matchup: Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. I'm super excited for this, man. It's pretty it's pretty thrilling for it to come down to a divisional matchup. I mean, can you imagine yeah. if it was Colts and Titans for the <laughs> AFC Championship or my Steelers and Ravens for the the, the winner to go to the Super Bowl? So, Niners-Rams, man. I'm excited for this matchup. I'm, like I said, I'm a, I'm a Niners fan in heart, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to see this Niners and Rams game to decide who will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And, and you touched on it. They, you know, they've played each other twice already. And even going back further than that, the Niners have owned this matchup. Man, they won their last six games against these Rams, and they just seem to have their number. Kind of like, you know, the they did against Green Bay in the playoffs. You know, it seems like just uh, Shanahan's kind of got these guys' numbers. And you know, this will be a big game for it to see if the Rams can turn it around. But looking at that, you know, like I said, the, the Niners have won their last six games. What what do you think the Rams have to do to change that? What what's the the key factor for the Rams to win this one? All right, so you know we'll talk about we've talked about Matt a little bit. We'll talk about him a little bit more before we give our predictions. But I think for them is can they remain disciplined and run responsibility? Kyle Shanahan maybe he may be the best when it comes to 
designing formations and mm-hmm. motion and pre-snap to get the the run fit that they want. You know, I love his motion. I mean, George Kittle, one of the more selfless players in the game. Like like Rex talked about last week, this is a guy that can catch ten balls, but man, he's he's perfectly fine with laying you on your back and getting pancakes throughout the game too. Yeah. So my biggest thing is for the for the Rams is can they remain disciplined and run responsibility like there's going to be a lot of pre-snap motion a lot of formations that they haven't seen and this is why there's the Niners are so successful and maybe the best run attack in the game with Elijah Mitchell and throwing Debo Samuel back there for several attempts I mean you just get the ball get get your playmakers the ball and so when I look at the Rams that's my biggest question for them is how will they handle the run like they're good against run attacks but this Niners team they're 0-2 again. So that's my biggest question for Los Angeles. Yeah, and I think that's a, a good point. That's what the Niners want to do, and they make it hard to to try and stop them. You know, we talk, we know what the Rams want to do on defense, right? They're going to sit too high bad. They're going to get after you with their yeah, really good defensive line they have. They're going to stick Jalen Ramsey on your best receiver and, yeah, just let you take underneath stuff. But that's it. But the Niners, that's where they live. Like mm-hmm. they're cool with that. They'll, they'll they'll give they'll give Debo or Kittle an underneath route and let them, you know, just be a monster after the catch. That's I really feel they're built to to kind of attack what the Rams struggle with, and like for instance, like you're going to probably want to shadow Debo with with Ramsey, right? But they move Debo all <laughs> over the place. I mean, yep. in the backfield and the slot, they bring him in motion. I mean, they they just make it a nightmare to try and really key in on some of their guys. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you. It's going to come down to being able to stop that run game, and whether it's Debo or Mitchell or whoever happens to be running the ball, like that's. That's what the Niners want to do. You want to try and put it in Jimmy G's hands. We always talk about that. and It's just a matter of, of doing it. It's a whole other thing, right? Like, it's it's tough to do. Shanahan's a genius when it comes to scheming up these these run fits. And I don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to do it. But looking at the, the other side of the ball, you know, we talked about it you know, with, with Stafford and the Rams and, and that this defense, this Niners defense, goodness gracious, the way that they're playing coming into this game – you know, if we assume that they're probably going to be able to shut down the run as this defense has been able to do, you know, you think you're, they're going to have to get after it with, with the pass a little bit. It's going to be another type of Stafford game. I wanted to ask you, you know, last week we did our quarterback rankings, and you had uh, Matt Stafford ranked seventh, actually yeah. behind Jimmy G, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think now? Do you have more confidence in Stafford after last week, or are you still, are you still a little bit unsure going into this game? So him being ranked seventh wasn't, due to lack of confidence it was more about lack of confidence in this type of game like it's this game it's not about him as a whole but we haven't okay. seen him at this stage like this is the nfc championship you win you get to the super bowl dude yeah. and you're having to do it against a team that knows you inside and out and knows your head coach inside and out so i'm comfortable keeping him at seven uh obviously he had a great game last week against tampa bay and i did think about that question i was like man did i should i have had garoppolo at number seven and stafford at six but no um you know if the game plan goes away like you said with the niners how they want to run the ball and Mm -hmm. they you know they won convincingly in the first match of 31 to 10 garoppolo threw the ball 19 times that's what they want that's what they want they don't want they don't want to get down 17-0 like they did in the second matchup and he had to throw the ball 32 times. That's not what they want, even though they still won that game. That's what I'm saying. They still won that game. Yeah. Um, and so, no, Stafford is still number seven. And I'm hoping that he remains at seven and, and the Niners will win this game, as I mentioned. But, uh, but yeah, these are the moments that everybody's anticipating to see from Matthew Stafford. Now, we talked to Stafford. 
Let me ask you about Jimmy G. We know okay. that the Niners took Trey Lance. They moved it from 12 to 3 to take mm-hmm. Trey Lance, kid out of North Dakota State. If Jimmy G wins this weekend and has the Niners back in the Super Bowl again, does that save his career in San Francisco? And I guess that's the question, right? I think part of it will probably depend on how he does, too. I, I, I think it's still going to be Trey, Trey mm-hmm. Lance's uh, game. I do. And maybe that's not deserved. And, you know, maybe Garoppolo does deserve to keep that spot, especially if they go to Super Bowl and, you know, win it. But I just think you trade up and take Lance as high as you did and you keep reading reports. And, of course, they're going to, you know, talk their player up. But, like, you know, players on a defense saying that Lance is lighting them up in the scout team practices and stuff, you know. Like, I don't know, there just seems to be a lot of buzz about that. And I think the fact that they do want to keep the ball out of Garoppolo's hands kind of says enough mm-hmm, about that, mm-hmm. right? Like, That's good. I'm sure they like Jimmy G, and they've been very open and supported Jimmy G. But, like, I think that is telling enough that they're ready to, to kind of move on to Trey Lance. But, but hey, if this is Jimmy G's last ride and they get to the Super Bowl, I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything more from him, right? I mean, he, yeah. he plays well when they need him to for the most part. He plays smart. He, he gives it to the elite playmakers that they have and lets them do their thing. I mean, that's about all you can ask for the guy. Jimmy G has a chance to not only – save his career in San Francisco, but at a minimum, give his career life beyond oh, San Francisco. Man, somebody else will will look at it and be like, okay, this dude Everybody is, needs a quarterback. Yeah, There's always yeah. teams needing a quarterback. Always, man. I know my Steelers do. Uh, in the media's eyes, we got one Mason Rudolph anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Niners-Rams. Man, give me your take. What's your prediction? Who You said the Chiefs will win in the AFC, but, man, who do you have in the NFC representing them in this year's Super Bowl? So in the NFC, you know, I'm I'm going to kind of go a little bit the other way. I'm going to be rooting for the Rams mainly because I want Stafford, you know, to – I just – I really like Stafford. I love him to finally – gosh, if he were to get a ring, that would be really cool. But uh, I'm going to go with the 49ers on this one. I think they're going to keep the upset train rolling. And the main reason I'm doing this is, just like I said earlier, I think they're built to beat this Rams team. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like – and maybe the Rams, they got enough players on defense so they could change it up and, you know, make a, make a game close, which they did the last one. The last one was close. They lost, but, I mean, it, it was close. But I just think this 49ers offense is too creative with getting, you know, Debo in his face. They got Kittle in space. They got so many guys that can take the ball and, you know, get those yak yards. And that's what the Rams struggle against. They want to get that pass rush and prevent the deep throws. And as long as Trent Williams and offensive line is able to hold up, and they usually are, and they're able to just get that run game and all that creativity flowing. Like, I, I just think they're built to be the Rams. I really do. This is just a really tough matchup for L.A., and I'm just going to I'm gonna roll with them, with the, with the Niners keeping that going, Jimmy G having a, a relatively mistake-free game, and I think they'll take it in a close game, like a 28-24 type of game. 49ers and Chiefs rematch two years ago rematch, I think is what we're going to see. <laughs> what do you think? Man... When I look at this game, you know, there's concerns for each team, obviously, and it's really mostly surrounded by the quarterback. That's all we've talked about, Stafford mm-hmm. and Garoppolo at length in this segment. When I look at Matt Stafford, my question is, will Matt be flat? And we know how great he was and how awesome he was against Tampa Bay, but in two matchups against San Francisco, he has 481 yards, four touchdowns, and four picks. So every touchdown he throws, he's throwing a pick as well. And the Niners have been – they have created havoc against Matthew Stafford. So that's my huge concern about the Rams. You hear my other concern uh, about them in the run defensive department. 
But I think this game is going to come down to quarterbacks, kind of like what you touched on. And when I look at Jimmy G for the Niners, I'm wondering, this is all they need. They just need three passes from Jimmy G. Like, and when I say three passes, it'll be three passes. Like, it, it could be a pass that, okay, horrible decision. Why did you do that? You got away with it, you know. And on the flip side, it could be like, man, he threw a dime on that one, you know. And that was the play that broke Samuel or Jennings or whoever open, or just that one pass where he 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 throws it in the dirt and Elijah Mitchell could have gone for twenty yards, thirty yards to keep the drive alive type stuff. Like, there's three passes that will determine Jimmy G's fate in this game. Now they may still win despite Jimmy. Or they may win because of Jimmy, but there will be yeah. three passes in this game, I feel like, uh, that could determine his fate. And, you know, before I give my prediction, D'Amico Ryans, excellent job he's done with the Niners, their defense this year, mm-hmm. first year as a defense coordinator. But with him, he, he, <laughs> he has to be aggressive on third down. Uh, too many times I've th- seen this year where it's third and 14, third and 12, third and 18. And you'll see this, people that are listening. Every time it's third and, and long, he'll show double A gap pressure, but then he, he backs out. And they'll and they'll give up, you know, a bunch of yards or it'll be close to first down. Like, I need to see pressure on those third downs sometimes. You know, not where I automatically see pre-snap is double A gap, and I know the linebackers are going to bail. So there's my concerns for the Niners on offense and defense. You heard my concerns for the Rams with Matt Stafford and that run defense as well for Los Angeles. But when I look at this game – I'm going with the 49ers. I mean, you, if you right. if you listen at all to me talk about San Francisco, you know that I'm rooting for the Niners and that uh, like they have completely owned the Rams, completely owned them. And I hope that continues on Sunday. I think it will. I have the Niners winning 27 to 20. And, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's going to be Fred Warner, one of those guys in the linebacker, Dre Greenlaw, Nick Bosa. Somebody steps up and puts this game away for the Niners. But I'm going San Francisco to represent the NFC yet again and play the Chiefs in their Super Bowl. So we both got a rematch coming. Rematch coming, <laughs> man. And I hate I hate saying that the rematch coming and then it's the exact opposite or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go Niners and Chiefs and then it's the Bengals-Rams. Bengals, like, Rams. God, hey, I'd be down it. for that too. Nah, I don't want to see that at all. I may not watch. <laughs> no, I'm lying. I'm lying. As, as long as the Niners are in, I'm good, and I'll be a happy camper. So, uh... Yeah, you heard it. Me and Chris both we're on the same page for once. Uh we're both going <laughs> both going Niners Chiefs. We shall indeed see come Sunday who the two teams are representing each conference. Chris, always glad to have you on the show. Man, yes, let's sir. get it. Yes, sir. I'm excited. I'm excited for the weekend. Let's go, man. For more content, subscribe to Corey Bradley Sports. Once you search Corey Bradley Sports, you will see the Sweet Spot logo. And after you subscribe, you will receive notification anytime new content is uploaded. The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts as well. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the Sweet Spot.